Welcome to Parallel Leaders. Every week, we come alongside you and focus on eight growth points to address the obstacles holding you back. Not only do you need to grow as a leader, but your team, your systems, your numbers, your finances, the expectations, the facilities, and your culture must grow. If you target and evaluate your organization, leadership, or department under the microscope of these eight growth points, you will optimize your effectiveness as a leader. And today's podcast is all about equipping you with the tools and conversations you need to move forward. So let's go. All right. This session, I want to talk about healthy rhythms promote unity. As you guys are all aware, the last month or so, I've been preaching messages on rhythms of grace, again, taken from Jesus' teaching in Matthew 11, particularly out of the Message Bible, where he's talking with his teams and saying, hey, come learn how I do it. I'm going to teach you how to rest, learn the unforced rhythms of grace, walk with me, work with me, all of that. So I've been really, God's been really messing with me on this whole idea of healthy rhythms and correcting me in some areas where I have irregular rhythms, I guess would be the best way of saying it, and that that's unhealthy in many ways. And so healthy rhythms, as I've been focused on that, and our topic this month is on unity, the reality is, is that what I'm learning about healthy rhythms and all this, it actually promotes team unity. And like I said in my messages, when God gave us the weekly rhythm of Sabbath, that Sabbath was created for community. It wasn't given to the individual Israelites. It was given to Israel as a nation. It was given to them, not only to Israel as a nation, but to all of their, it says it was a habit that was to be given to their animals, their slaves, and the foreigners living in their area. It was a very community thing. Well, as I began to look at that and going that healthy rhythms... When we do it and celebrate it and discover it in community, healthy rhythms really do promote unity. And and vice versa, unhealthy rhythms, again, are going to create disunity, which becomes very dangerous. So in your notes, number one is, our first point is that embrace healthy rhythms rather than balance. Okay, so embrace healthy rhythms rather than balance. What do I mean by that? I mean that there's no such thing as a healthy work-life balance. You hear people say, well, I'm going to have a healthy work-life balance. I don't believe, I think that's a myth. I don't believe it's possible to have a healthy work-life balance. And the reason being is because balance is not the right form. You're, you're just not going to be able to balance everything. I like... A great resource that I'd highly recommend for all of you is Andy Stanley's book, Choosing to Cheat. And he makes this argument very clear, but he says this way that you're going to, if you try to maintain balance, you're going to cheat something. That if you begin to focus on, if you focus all of your attention at work, you're going to cheat your health. You're going to cheat your your family. You're going to re- cheat relationships. You're going to cheat you're going to cheat these things. If you focus on all of a sudden you, and this is what we do, is we try to bring that into balance and then we focus on, and all of a sudden we focus on what we aren't doing and we go and put all of our attention there. Now we cheat something else. 
So what I've learned in this is that it's kind of a teeter-totter that you're never really in perfect balance and that you shouldn't even focus and we shouldn't, none of us should really focus on balance, but that instead we should focus on a healthy rhythm and that God didn't give us balance, he gave us rhythms. And, and so what I'm working on and encourage you to work on is to establish a healthy rhythm. And I've broken it down this way in my healthy rhythms and saying, I'm going to establish healthy hourly rhythms. I'm going to break down my day into into rhythms. I'm going to establish healthy daily rhythms, healthy weekly rhythms, healthy monthly rhythms, healthy yearly rhythms. So for instance, when I talk about establishing hourly rhythms, one thing that I've noticed and and you know, noticed intuitively, but also have done a lot of research and reading on this of late. But I've noticed that my brain can only concentrate for a, pe- a period of time, and then my mind drifts, and I intuitively will get up and do either a quick walk, or I will just have to pace around my room a little bit, but my brain disengages, or typically in the unhealthy way, you reach for the phone and you're distracted because of something else because your brain just shut down. What I realized and what they what studies have shown is that that in reality, this is why classrooms are set up this way with 50 minute breaks or 50 minute focusing time, that your brain really maximum can concentrate on one particular thing for probably at maximum 90 minutes. More realistically, it's going to focus on 20 to 40 minutes on something for a that intense period of time. And then it's going to need a short break or a short change. So I found an app recently called Brain FM. Brain FM is actually scientifically put together and it's it's a, a focus app where you can put in earphones and you listen to music and they've tuned it and you can decide ahead of time what type of work you're doing. So if you're doing deep focus work or you're doing creative work or you're doing you know, even rest or you're doing whatever, you can choose what type of work you're doing. And then you could also also choose what time that you want to set that music to. They scientifically have designed the music that plays behind. The music is kind of droney or different things. They've set the pace to what they've actually calculated the pace that your brain works at creatively or the, the pace your brain works at deep focus or in rest. And, and they've set the music all to that pace or whatever that work is. So what I've done is I I take it and I put it on a 90-minute timer, and then when the music just stops, then that's when I give myself permission to take five minutes, you know, either walk or disconnect or whatever, and then boom, go back to work again. And that's just kind of creating the rhythms and knowing how your rhythms work, and it's really helped me with productivity in that way. Daily rhythms, you're going to know, like changing, I've, if you have power over your calendar, if not, find a way to take power over your calendar, but find out in your daily rhythms when your deepest concentration time, when your deepest creative time is, do your best work in that time. If your creative time, your deep thinking time, your your most intuitively focused time is first thing in the morning, then first thing in the morning is not the time to answer emails or do mundane work. That's the time. Delay that stuff or the easy stuff to later on in the day. Focus your meetings, your your time, your creative time, set your rhythms daily to when your brain works best. Some of us work best and are sharpest first thing in the morning. Others of us are sharpest 
in the evening. Others have other rhythms on that. Discover what your rhythm is. And if you can take power of your calendar or find a way to take power of your calendar to set those rhythms, not necessarily balance. Monthly, again, find a monthly rhythm, yearly rhythm. Identify the seasons, when to take vacations, understand when what seasons are when you can take vacations, when you're going to what times a year you're going to be tired or most likely to be tired and find. And again, look at your calendar in that regard, studying and looking for healthy rhythms rather than balance. So number two in your notes is live by priorities. Okay, live by Priorities. So when you're embracing rhythms and realizing that I'm not looking for balance, I've got to choose what to cheat. I've got to choose what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to, in order to do that, I need to live and I need to determine and live by priorities. So for me, again, the priorities are the five F's that we've talked about it. So A, letter A, the first F is faith, right? So faith is my top my faith in God is my top priority. So whenever I'm looking at rhythms or looking at my calendar or looking at things, I will ask myself this question. Does this activity help or hinder my relationship with God? Okay, does this activity that I'm doing, does it help or hinder my relationship with God? If it, if it hinders, okay, something is out of whack and out, I need to set rhythms. Second priority, B, is family right? So faith, family. Again, you could ask a simple question. Does this activity help or hinder my relationships with my family? Okay. Is this activity that I'm choosing to participate in is help or hinder my relationship with my family? The second priority. Third priority is fitness, right? Does this activity help or hinder my health? Physical, emotional, spiritual health. Does this activity, you know, help or hinder? Is it affecting my, my health? The fourth priority is finances. Okay, so finances. Can I afford this activity? We don't always like to answer that one. Okay, and another great great way to ask this question is, is this activity worth the cost? Okay, it, what it's costing me. So can I afford this activity? Is it worth the cost, what I'm investing in it? Okay, and the fifth priority, letter E, is fun. Okay, so fun. Is it enjoyable? Does it help or hinder my relationships with my friends? Okay. And in line to asking the question, is it enjoyable? This is what I've discovered is that you will typically enjoy what you're good at. Typically. Right? You will typically enjoy what you're good at. What you're not good at is is definitely probably not going to be something there. So, I mean, it has to be enjoyable in many ways. But it's again, we don't want to get these priorities. For me, I don't want to get these priorities out of order. Is it enjoyable is not my top priority. I think a lot of people live by that sometimes, right? But it's not my top priority. I want to know, is it going to affect my faith? Is it going to affect my family? Is it going to affect my health? Is it going to, is it going to affect my finances? And then is it enjoyable? So just live by priorities when setting rhythms. All right, number three, Okay, the third way to establish healthy rhythms to promote unity is learn to identify and adapt to seasons. Learn to identify and adapt to seasons. Farmers know that every season is not harvest season. That's obvious. And 
they probably thank God it's not because not they can't run at that pace forever. Farmers know that every season is not harvest season. They also know every season is not planting season, that there's there's multiple different seasons in which in, in their work life. Well, in the same way, the same principle of seasons is true for churches, it's true for businesses, it's true for everything that we do. There's it's true for families. There are certain seasons where it's go time, it's busy time, the kids are all in activities, it's 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 hard, it's, you know that season, and that season cannot last forever and will not last forever. If it does last forever, we got a problem. We got a unhealthy balance, right? So we got to set, we got to focus on our rhythms. So you need to understand in churches as well that the same principle is true for churches in seasons that we need to know that every season is not the, a grow season, go season, it's, it's not all the same pace, right? So what I've identified, and one of the things that I did when I first got to Lethbridge, I've done this at every church that I've pastored, but I, I study charts, and I study attendance charts, and, and ups and downs, and financial charts, and all the rest of them, and I, I'm looking to identify seasons. Well, I noticed right away, 12 years ago in Lethbridge, that there were two seasons in the year that were kind of harvest seasons for this church. Before me, during me, like there's two seasons that typically this church has had the best attendance, the most visitors, the rest of it. And those two seasons are, number one was Easter to May long weekend is, is kind of a go season. And Easter is one of, you know, always the best attended Sunday of the year, typically. And up until May long weekend, it's go season. There's lots of visitors. It's it's a lot more things need to be focused on. That's kind of harvest season. The second harvest season for our church is Thanksgiving to Christmas. That I noticed that, that people didn't come back right away in September. That it typically, but Thanksgiving, you know, early October to Christmas time was kind of one of those those focus seasons again. I also noticed that summer was not harvest time and and typically a downtime. So looking at going, well, we're gonna we're gonna focus on different things in those down seasons and take advantage of those down seasons to rest or reset. Also notice that in January and February, like that's typically not the, you know typically again this year has been a little bit different, but typically not a big growth time. But we got to take advantage and if you identify seasons and learn to adapt to seasons, you're going to know you take advantage of down seasons for rest and or reset or learning or focusing on projects that you wouldn't necessarily get time to in harvest time. And you want to know that you're not going to schedule holidays in your busy seasons, but you want to know in your rhythms that after a busy season, after harvest time, you're going to want to schedule your harvest there. I grew up in in the farming world, and when harvest time was over, we knew what time of year that was. That was typically the time when all the farmers skip town and they're they're on holidays for a season because they're exhausted because they just went hard during during the harvest time. The same thing in our rhythms and our our time within the church, our time with with families, different things. We know when you know typically right after a busy time, that's the time to schedule downtime. That's the time to schedule holidays is probably immediately after your busiest season. Okay. And then as part of a team, what's important is to learn to communicate and monitor each other's seasons. So especially when in our departments with our with our teams, you pay attention and know that on your volunteer teams, 
you need to know which of your team members has all their kids in hockey and basketball and all those kind of things. And they're all they're activity heavy. You're not going to want to put pressure on them. You want to learn to communicate and monitor each other's seasons and, and recognize when you can lean on a team and when you when when you know, lean on somebody and when their seasons might be different than yours. But it's vital when creating unity to understand each other's seasons and each other's rhythms and to communicate that with each other. All right, number four is, again, in, in creating healthy rhythms, promoting unity, embrace a team rhythm of work and rest, okay? To create unity, embrace a team rhythm of work and rest. The truth is, as much as I've talked about Sabbath and, and rest and all the rest of it, I grew up being told that that a Christian in today's world, a Christian Sabbath is Sunday. Well, even from a very young age, church wasn't just a part, sit and participate type of thing. I was volunteering. I was running sound at churches when I was 12 years old. I was involved in, in some activity of volunteering right from my you know, right from childhood all the way up. So Sunday wasn't a time of, of rest necessarily, and we can't have a true Sabbath if we're volunteering, okay? And we can't stop volunteering because we have a mission. And whereas at church that we're reaching the unchurched, we need our volunteers, we need our people to be able to, to, to really press in because we need we've got souls to save we got a mission we got a problem to solve we and our solution is to create a church run churches that unchurched people are going to want to attend we can't stop volunteering because we got people to reach so because of that we need to schedule another sabbath time and again communicate that with our teams and work with that and saying hey if if you have a sunday off and you can use that as a sabbath please do but if there's if you can't if you're volunteering and you need to be there early for practice and you need to be there for setup or whatever it might be, is that schedule another time and is there another time that we can schedule for Sabbath? And it is best it is best if a team can Sabbath at the same time in order to protect their time off and their team teammates' time off as well. If at all possible, let's celebrate Sabbath. And remember, Sabbath has created community. If we could possibly celebrate it in community, we can protect it and protect each other more often. So Joylan and I have been talking. We're looking at going, well, we're going to probably practice the Jewish Sabbath because that works in our rhythms, which is Friday night to Saturday night. That, that works best. So Saturday basically becomes the Sabbath. And going, if possible, if we could have our our campus pastor teams, our 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 teams, our staff, our direct reports celebrate on the same time, then what happens is is that we will respect each other's time, guard each other's times. We're not trying to work or communicate or work on those times at the same time. If at all possible, it creates unity. It can possibly create unity if we learn how to Sabbath together, and if. Again, I fully understand that it's not possible with everybody's schedules and rhythms that that's all, it's, it's not ever going to be perfect or, or possible, but if at all possible, it would create a, a, a unity if, the, if each team could embrace a team rhythm of work and rest. So with that, communicate with each other your weekly rhythms. The people that you work most closely with, Communicate with them your weekly rhythms. 
And this will help you stay both accountable to each other in, in those weekly rhythms and create unity amongst the team if we're able to communicate these rhythms. We often get so private in our, our private worlds that we don't know. And this is the thing. If, we, if I don't know somebody's rhythms and I'm sending them a message because it's not my rhythm and I'm sending them messages and I want them to report or I want to answer and they're not answering, well, why aren't you answering? It can create disunity if we don't communicate each other's time schedules and rhythms. But if we if we understand and we can communicate with each other, it is a way to create ri- unity. So healthy rhythms promote unity. Number one, embrace healthy rhythms rather than balance. Number two, live by priorities. Number three, learn to identify and adapt to seasons. Number four, communicate a team rhythm of and embrace a team rhythm of work and rest. Thank you for listening to the Parallel Leaders Podcast. If you're looking for additional resources, tools, and conversations to move your organization forward and capture the hearts of your community, check out parallelleaders.com. And make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Leaders. We'll see you next time.